because we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Happy New Year to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 30th edition of The Sunny Side of Sports, my final show of 2022. The Sunny Side of Sports remembers Brazilian football great Pele, who died Thursday at age 82 as we hear now from the AP's Karen Chamas. The soccer legend had been undergoing treatment for colon cancer since 2021. His agent, Joe Fraga, confirmed his death. Pelé won three World Cups with Brazil and spent nearly two decades enchanting fans and dazzling opponents as the game's most prolific scorer, with Brazilian club Santos and the Brazilian national team. Widely regarded as one of soccer's greatest players, Pelé orchestrated a fast, fluid style that revolutionised the sport, a samba-like flair that personified his country's elegance on the field. I'm Karen Chamas. Thanks, Karen. In recent years, Pele faced a number of health issues, which took their toll in his final weeks. AP Global Sports Editor Ricardo Zuniga reports. He was diagnosed with colon cancer a couple of years ago, and he had been receiving treatment for that. And at some point, his body stopped responding to the chemotherapy. That was combined with COVID. He recovered, but his body being so weak, he had uh, one kidney removed a few years ago. So it was massive organ failure from all these different ailments that he had. The different ailments, however, would not prevent Pele from watching the recent World Cup football tournament in Qatar and cheering on the players. Because his health had been deteriorating for the past few weeks, there was time for his whole family to congregate by his bedside, his wife, sons and daughters. And he was able to watch the World Cup. There were a few social media posts from one of his daughters. He was seen watching the games, commenting on, on the games at I think there was even a post congratulating Messi after winning the World Cup with Argentina. Pele was a global football icon and the sport's first true superstar. Once again, Ricardo Zuniga. He is the person who laid the foundation for modern football. He won three World Cup titles with the Brazil national team. He was the first really true superstar of football. His Santos team, which is the team, uh, uh, the Brazilian club where he played for most of his career, uh, used to do European tours where they were paid huge amounts of money to play against the likes of Brazil, of uh, AC Milan, uh, Real Madrid. Pele displayed his mastery of football at a very young age. He was only 17 years old when he played in his first World Cup in Sweden in 1958. Pele scored six goals in that tournament, including a hat trick against France in the semifinals and two more goals in the final as Brazil beat host Sweden 5-2 for its first World Cup title an edge over everybody else, not because they're faster or they're stronger, but because they have a way of seeing the game differently from everybody else. He won his first World Cup in 1958 when he was just 17. 
So he already was playing against grown-up men. He was definitely very fast. He was strong. Combined with that, the mental skill is what made him so great. During a visit to India in 2015, Pele revealed the secret to his success. To respect people, no? to be prepared always, and then never, never think you are the best. Earlier this month at the World Cup in Qatar, Brazilian fan Flavio Augusto said Pele means so much to the people of Brazil. Pele represents what we are, what we came from. Pele is our roots. It's what we are today. It's thanks, it's thanks to him. Meanwhile, FIFA president Gianni Infantino praised Pele's legendary legacy. He's forever with us. He's forever with everyone who loves football because of what he did for football, because of what he did for giving emotions to all those who love football. Even those who have not seen him play like uh, myself, we love him. I remember when I was 11 years old, my father took me to a cinema to watch a movie, Escape to Victory, a movie in which Pelé was uh, one of the main actors together with Sylvester Stallone. And uh, my father wanted absolutely for me to see the skills of this unique, incredible player. And the great goal he scored in that movie was uh, a glimpse of his unique talent. I was unfortunate enough to uh, meet him. I could even sit next to him for the premiere of his movie, Pelé, in uh, Milan, as I was sitting next to my father in 1981 to watch Pelé play. I can only speak positively about him like everyone who knows him. A great human being, a great person with a big, big, big heart, an incredible charisma, winning three World Cups, a beautiful and warm smile, nice words for everyone always. Well, that's how we remember him. FIFA president Gianni Infantino remembering Brazilian football great Pele, who died Thursday at the age of 82. How did you feel when you heard the news of Pele's passing? That's the question Iron Mike Embonier posed to the chief football writer at ACLsports.com. Fisayo Dairo. I feel sad, but of course I'm consoled by the fact that the great Pelé has died at a ripe old age of 82. He's known by many as the king of soccer and is also the god of soccer in many respects. He sets so many records that generations upon generations will find it difficult to beat. He is the only man to have three World Cup winners medals in history and of course it's something that will take generations to break. He meant so many things, different things, different people, but above all we will always remember him for being the true soccer king. From South America to Africa to Europe, 
everywhere and everyone adored this great Edson Arantes de Nascimento for what he did for the game of soccer. A lot of us were not born when he did his craft, but even seeing the tricks, the goals, the skills that he put up in those years was enough to tell us that this man truly came before his time. He lived before his time and we will forever adore him. Brazilian legend Pelé was a great player admired by football fans. What does it mean to African football players? The whole of Africa saw Pelé as one of their own. Being a black South American, they embraced him. He traveled down to the African continent a lot and lots of time. He came to Nigeria four times in the 60s and 70s. He came with Santos to play against Nigeria's Green Eagles in 1969 January and he still came back a month later to play in Benin City and then in 1976 Pele came to Ibadan in southwestern Nigeria to teach school children the art of playing football and then three years later in 1979 he was in Kaduna northern Nigeria where Santos also played against Rakarovas so it was an amazing feeling for those that were alive that time to welcome the legend. Africans see him as the greatest ever, undoubtedly the best that will ever be. And that's why even in Ghana, one of their greatest footballers, Abedi Ayu, was nicknamed Pele. So many people didn't know, you would have thought his name was Abedi Pele as he was fondly called across Africa. That is the kind of influence that Pele held among Nigerians and our Africans to be precise. His death, of course, has devastated many, but will continue to remember him for years to come. Fisayo, do you think Brazil or indeed world football can produce another Pelé? To be frank, it is really going to be difficult to produce another player like Pelé. I'm sure the Brazilians have tried years after years, decades after decades, but they have not really seen that iconic figure like Edwin Arantes do Nascimento. It's, it's well over 40 years since Pelé stopped f- playing football. But, you know, the closest today have gone in some of the stars are Ronaldo, Nazario de Lima, or Ronaldinho, who have entirely different skill sets from this great man who could shoot a ball, could head the ball from close range to long range, packed with a bag full of tricks, you know. It's definitely going to be difficult. Although in football, nothing is impossible. So we cannot put that aura of impossibility on it. But as we've seen, for over four decades, it's been difficult to reproduce a talent that will be compelling, as compelling as Pele, using both feet, good in the air, good with free kicks, with corner kicks, with, with long range efforts, with dribblings. It's always going to be difficult, but never say never. Regardless of what it is, we will continue to celebrate the life and times of this great man Pelé. And we will pass his story, not only the story of what he did on the field, but what he has done off the field, not only in South America, not only in North America, not only in Europe, but also in Africa. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. 
And Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Fisayo Dairo, chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Holiday greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young. As we approach the end of 2022, VOA wants to give you, our loyal listeners, the opportunity to wish your loved ones a happy new year. Call us on our WhatsApp number, 202-258-3076. Leave a brief message and listen for it right here on VOA. The number again, 202-258-3076. Let VOA help you bring cheer and blessings to friends and family by just calling 202-258-3076. And on that note, I'd like to send good cheer and blessings to all our sunny side of sports listeners for the new year ahead. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In athletics, world champions and world record breakers, Mondo Duplantis of Sweden and Sidney McLaughlin Lavroni of the USA are the World Athletes of the Year for 2022. VOA's Gwen Uten profiles the two world-class athletes. Sporty greetings, Gwen! Sporty greetings, Sonny. Mondo Duplantis has been named World Athlete of the Year twice, first in 2020 and now in 2022. Duplantis currently holds the world record in the men's pole vault with a height of 20 feet, four and a half inches, a record he set in September 2022, just months after clinching the world championship title. Duplantis has literally set the bar high and following his gold medal performance at the 2020 Summer Games in Tokyo, he told Reuters News competing on the Olympic stage was an experience of a lifetime. The Olympics is the the biggest meet in track and field and, um, you know, by far. And so it's the most important meet of my life to this point. And it's, I guess it would be the most important meet maybe, maybe I'll ever have. 
and you know I'm, I'm coming in as the favorite all the pressure was on me and it was kind of one of these things to where I um yeah I mean if, if I if I wasn't to go in there and win then it's kind of like almost embarrassing because everybody's been talking to me about it for the past year since it you know since it got postponed and I just broke the world record and so everybody you know basically was just expecting me to go in there and win the gold and you know that's kind of tough because it's still it's still sports and anything can happen and you still have to go out there you still have to do it Duplantis's confidence in the sport began while growing up in the U.S. state of Louisiana. He was encouraged by his father, a former pole vaulter from New Orleans and two-time state champion. As a youth, Duplantis spent many summers in his mother's native country, Sweden, and chose to represent her country at the Tokyo Olympic Games. And as Duplantis continues to compete internationally for Sweden, he says he wants to do all all that he can to elevate the sport. I want to win everything there is to win. I want to do it more times than anybody else has done it. But, uh, you know, if you, if you know pole vault, if you know the history of pole vault, that's really, really big shoes to fill when you're following the likes of Renaud Lavalini and Sergey Bubka, people that have won many, many global titles. You know, Bubka winning, I think, six or seven more championship titles. I feel like I still have a really long way to go and a lot of things left for me to achieve. And so, uh, no, it's a, it's a really good start right now to my journey, but I think there's still a lot for me to go out there and do. American hurdler and sprinter Sydney McLaughlin, who now goes by her married name, McLaughlin Levroni, has been named Female Athlete of the Year for record-breaking performances of her own in 2022. The two-time Olympic champion shattered her world record in the 400-meter hurdles four times over the past 13 months, including her gold medal finish for the world title. She first lowered her own record at the Tokyo Olympic Games. And following her championship performance, McLaughlin Levroni told reporters she was able to clock her record-breaking time with the help of a very fast track. I definitely say it would, it's a fast track. Uh, you can feel a difference, you know, it being Mondo and everything. I don't know how to really describe it. A lot of people talked about the shoes, but I do think it's just one of those tracks. Uh, it gives you that energy right back and pushes you and propels you forward. The Tokyo Games marked her second Olympic appearance. She was only 17 when she made her Olympic debut at the 2016 Rio Games, where she had an impressive start but failed to reach the final. And while the star athlete said she felt no pressure leading up to the Tokyo Games, she admitted to feeling the added weight of being an elite athlete. I, I think... There is a lot, you know, a lot of it comes from social media. A lot of it comes from just outside things that you can't control. Uh, I think it's really important to focus on the things that you can control. And uh, I think for me personally, what's really helped is my relationship with God. Uh, it's given me a perspective to deal with a lot of those emotions that the world throws at you. Um, and, you know, in terms of people who are struggling with it, I, I do feel for them because this is a really hard thing to do, uh, to be at this high level and, and have to compete with the whole world watching you. So um, I feel for them and I pray for them. And, uh, you know, I just hope that everybody can get to a place where they can get back to enjoying what they love to do. Looking back on her achievements in the past year, McLaughlin Levroni is quoted as saying, 
I would describe 2022 for myself by just saying incredible. Everything that we aim to do, we were able to accomplish. And McLaughlin Levroni has said she wants to add the flat 400 meters to her program in the years to come. And that is all from me. Happy New Year to all our Voice of America listeners. And Happy New Year, Sonny. I'll hand it back over to you. Happy New Year, Gwen, and thank you for all your contributions during 2022. Samson O'Malley joins us once again with another extra spicy end-of-year sports package. Sporty end-of-year greetings, Samson! Sporty end-of-year greetings to you too, Sunny. We begin the end-of-year wrap of Africa Sports News with the Confederation of African Football African Nations Championship scheduled to hold in Algeria in January 2023. Morocco, one of the qualified teams, is threatening to boycott the African Nations Championship. In a letter written to the African Union, the Moroccan Football Federation said its team will only compete if there is a direct flight from the Moroccan capital Rabat to the Algerian city of Constantine, where Morocco's games are scheduled to be played. Moroccan military and commercial aircraft have been barred from Algerian airspace since the two neighbors severed diplomatic ties last year. At the heart of the dispute lies the contested Western Sahara, a territory that Morocco annexed in 1975. In the meantime, Uganda is stepping up preparation for the CHAN, which will take place from the 13th of January to the 4th of February 2023. Ugandan Cranes coach Militin Serdadovic has outlined things he's currently working on with the team as preparations for CHAN championships continues. We are uh, working with defensive group on uh, how to defend and how to support attack. Attacking group, how to uh, be the first line of defense, how to help us to enter in attack and how to finish attacks, uh, dividing them into the groups. In the afternoon, we work as a team uh, in, in combining those tactical combinations. And then on Friday, uh, practically first and second team will be divided so that we do the, some tactical aspects in the game. Uganda is pitted in the toughest group where they come against two-time champions DR Congo and West African giants Senegal and Ivory Coast. Dear respected friends, sports greetings. This is Milutin Mitchell Sredovic, national coach of Uganda Cranes. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Staying with the African Nations Championship, the Confederation of African Football CAF has released a full list of match officials. The list include 19 referees, 12 assistant referees and 12 video assistant referees representing 32 of CAF's member associations. In keeping with its policy of promoting women's refereeing, CAF has appointed three women match officials. They include referee Vicentia Almedone from Togo and assistant referees Kanin Atazambong, farmer from Cameroon, and Diane Chikutesha from Zambia. And now to Nigeria, where preparations are underway for the start of the new Nigerian Professional Football League season in January 2023. Chairman of the Interim Management Committee of the Nigerian Professional Football League, Benga Elegbeleye, conducted a draw for the 2022-2023 MPFL competition. The draw for the new season, which will be in an abridged format of two groups of 10 clubs, saw the two club sides being drawn into Group A and Group B. Elegbeleye is of the view that to make Nigerian Football League attractive to investors, it must be on television. The fact that Nigerian League is not really, really very marketable based on 
past activities and the way sponsors perceive the league. They don't see our league as something that is lucrative enough for them to invest their money. Everybody, every investor wants to return on the investment. Clearly, you have a league that is, not on, that is not on TV. You have Kenya League on television. You have Ethiopia League on television. You have South African League on television. You have many leagues in Africa on television. So, but the Nigerian Premier League is not anywhere on television. I do not want investors to market our product. And to the southern tip of the continent, ahead of Friday's South Africa Premier Soccer League restart, defending champions Mamelodi Sundowns coach Rolani Mokwena has decided to terminate the services of fitness coach Riodor Brendian and assistant goalkeeper coach Marcus Mashilo. He added that more members will be shown the exit door in the coming weeks. Coach Mokwena is, however, not happy that the media in South Africa decided to report that the two members of the technical staff were expelled. It's only normal in any football club that when a head coach is appointed, there are technical changes. And it's only normal. And for sure the club will make necessary announcements as we go. But to use the word expel this is a little bit, a bit extreme, but normal, you know, especially when when it's Rulani, we do tend to be a bit extreme. So I understand, but it's only normal uh, that that they, they and there will be even more changes uh, for sure. Sundowns who sits at the summit of the South African Premier League return on Friday in a huge fixture hosting Orlando Pirates. Staying with African football, this time to refereeing Johnny Sikazwe, one of the big names in football officiating on the continent, has called time on his career. Sikazwe, who has had over 23 years refereeing career, says he has decided to step down to give chance to young referees to build a career. He says his focus area will now be to impart knowledge and skills on the upcoming officials to also reach the heights he achieved. I've done two World Cups. I've done... World Cup under 20. I've done World Cup under 17. I've done five Afcons. I've done a lot of championships. I've done FIFA Club World Cup. If it is the impacting of knowledge to the young ones, then I don't need to be on the panel this year. I should get back to the other side. Then I impact the knowledge. The time I started uh, refereeing, this is my 23rd year. And now to Namibia, where Namibian cricketer Craig Williams, whose cricket academy in Windhoek, Namibia, is regarded as the country's first state-of-the-art indoor training facility, is developing the cricket academy to become a high-performance sports center. Williams became only the third batsman ever in October 2021 to score four consecutive half-centuries in T20Is after Brendan McCollum and Craig Gale. He also set the record for joint most 50s in consecutive T20I's appearances. Craig says in 2023, his academy will run two cricket league events and is hoping that the academy will produce cricketers that will play for the Namibia's national team. Uh, we have got a couple of guys who train our under-19 age groups and, and they're knocking on the door. So, so, so hopefully sometime soon we will see one of our boys who've come through the academy uh, representing the country on the field. So um, in 2023, we'll run two actual cricket leagues again for uh, corporate leagues. So we just finished on the 3rd of December our second season uh, of our quick cricket, we call it. Um, we had Star Bodyworks beating uh, 13 other corporate teams. So it was loads of fun um, and, and we'll be doing that again two seasons now in 2023. 
and now to East Africa, where the East African Taekwondo Championships returned on Thursday after a two-year hiatus. Over 200 participants from Kenya, Rwanda, Congo, Tanzania, and host Uganda are taking part in the two-day event that is aiming at spreading the game in East African countries as well as preparing the outlets for the forthcoming World Championships due in Finland September next year. The East African Taekwondo Championships is organized by the International Taekwondo Federation. Master Nicholas Ananda is an international instructor and umpire from Sweden and doubles as a board member of IT. Uganda. Here we have a chance to compete from somebody from, from another country, which is a, another experience. And so, so also, so that brings more competition and people are thinking, okay, next time the East African Championship will be in Tanzania or in Burundi or in Congo and then they will have the chance to go abroad to compete. And finally, in handball news, Tunisia's handball team defeated Brazil 29-24 on Thursday in one of the matches played at the Four Nations Tournament in Poland. The tournament, which ends on Friday, is part of the warm-up for the Handball World Cup, co-hosted by Poland and Sweden. Tunisia had defeated Poland on December 28 on day one and will take on South Korea on December 30 on day three of the championship. Tunisia has been placed in Group H alongside Denmark, Belgium and Bahrain in next year's World Cup. Thank you, Samson, and Happy New Year. And big thanks to Samson Omale for all of his sporty contributions during 2022. And that wraps up my final show of 2022. Wishing all our sunny side of sports listeners a happy, healthy, and fulfilling new year ahead. I get it. I'm VOA's Sunny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs> <laughs>